At Design Centre Chelsea Harbour, it's never been easier to discover what's happening in the world of design. Head to SW10 and you can browse 600 of the world's most prestigious brands in 120 showrooms, all under one roof. And it's not just for the professionals. If you need help and advice, there's a concierge desk and even a personal shopping service. This is a recent project for Historic Royal Palaces and this little design was found in a doll's house. Oh, wow. So quite often in doll's houses, actually, they used fragments from, from decorations up in the house. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse magazine. Welcome to the House Guest podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses and hotels you see in glossy magazines like ours. Some of the names will be familiar and others may be less so, but I'm sure you'll recognise the hotels and restaurants they've designed. And if you're in the middle of your own building project or restyle, maybe you'll pick up some tips for yourself. If you listen on the Entel app, there's more information and images on the projects and places mentioned. This week, I venture to Richmond in Surrey, where I meet interior designer Georgina Hamilton, who, with her late architectural historian husband, Robert, founded Hamilton Western Wallpapers, renowned for traditional yet unusual designs, often recreating from treasured fragments of original wallpapers dating from the Georgian, Victorian and Edwardian periods. So tell me the story of how it all began with, um, with your husband, Robert. Yeah, he's, he was American, um, brought up in the West, and he went to university in Eugene, Oregon, and did um, interior space planning. And um, it was a very big, wide course, history of art and history of interiors and history of buildings. And his mother, he travelled extensively with his mum, who was, um, his father was a lawyer and really didn't go for travelling in Europe and stuff, but his mother loved it. So he and his mum travelled a lot in his teenage years. Um, and then after that he worked for um, Skidmore, Owings and Merrill, the architects in Portland. And then he, um, they were cutting down on stuff and he was one of the more recent ones to join the firm. So he, he left and so he happened to meet his teacher from um, Eugene in Portland, I think, at the time in, in Oregon. And um, she said, well, why don't you join this course? It, um, Attingham, Attingham course in, in Shropshire and uh, so that's how it all started it was just a two or three week course it was quite short but um, he learnt an amazing amount and met some obviously very interesting people when did you meet him or where did you meet him it's <laughs> a silly story I was working freelance on, on, on films at the time as, a, as what they now call a script supervisor it was called continuity in those days it was quite quite a full-on sort of job and I, I worked mainly quite often at Pinewood Studios and I come back quite late in the evening and I had a little house in Putney which I shared with my brother um, who then got got married and so I was introduced to somebody else who, um, who was a friend of a friend and he he had some he was having some people to dinner and um, this chap walked through the door and I thought oh, he looks quite friendly American chap and he had I think a girlfriend with him at the time and and um, and uh, Anyway, the long and short of that was, he said, I had to wake you up to ask you out, because I, I, mean, I sleep really well and I easily fall asleep. And Robert then started working for the GLC. He was then working for the GLC. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then after that, when, when, when that job ended, he, he, he then... He had the opportunity to join English Heritage, where some of, some of the people went. And he didn't really want to join, I think... English heritage and he said why don't we do something with these designs which we've collected because as he went round 
um, the various buildings he was recording, he'd collect the fragments so they didn't get thrown away, took them back to the office, but nobody in, the black, in black plastic bags, really, and um, nobody was really interested. <coughs> so he just, for him, they were just little treasures of yeah. history that yeah. he was collecting for himself. And some of them like that are oh, wow. really, really fragile. That's one we reproduced, that little, that little So folder. you've got all the little bits and pieces that he collected are yes. still yes. here, roaming around here. What he did was, so because they belonged to the GLC and because English Heritage were taking over various things from the GLC, um, he got um, Treve Rosamond, who, who then curated that. He took that the collection that he, he, he had from his various <clears throat> picking up here and there, um, went to, to the English Heritage, and that's formed the basis of what is now the English Heritage Collection at Rest Park, in fact. But it was curated by Treve Rosamond, who died about 18 months ago, I think, so I don't really know quite who's looking after it. But because he didn't know what was going to happen to it, um, these aren't all from, from then. I mean, he's collected since then. But what he did was he took... Uh, bits of nearly everything he'd collected or a certain amount of what he'd collected so that it didn't get lost you know he didn't mm. know what was going to happen I mean they were just literally in black plastic bags black bin bags it's amazing <coughs> so you've got a little I mean that's about a little five inch slither of yes you see we've got this one we've we reproduced I'll show it to you yeah and then it <coughs> says 14 Bloomsbury Square on panelling in entrance hall yes ground floor so he then drew he then would he was meticulous bring about the accuracy of it actually really meticulous and he he just was so good and in fact most of the people that we printed with said he was he provided the best artwork of anybody so it was just a love of and passion for yes Pattern and colour. Pattern and colour, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're absolutely stunning, aren't they? So after he had... So this, when this then became a business and you decided that you were going to create these wallpapers, you first went to Sanderson to see whether they would work with you. Yes, we went. We went to just to see what they did and see see what suited up, what suited us. When they were down near Uxbridge at the time, and then we went to Dennis Hall, and um, he was wonderful. He taught us so much, and he introduced us to their screen printing division, which was just nearby, and, and said, "This is really the only way. You know, if you're setting out, we'd already, you know, um, quite an outlay by the time we'd." put the first collection of pattern books together and so forth. So um, that's what we did. They were sort of hand screen printed. And how were you selling them at that stage? Were you just taking them round to yeah. decorators? And yes, yes. So what was your input into into everything? Because <laughs> you had everything else, else, really, apart from the drawing. <laughs> <laughs> so you left the drawing to him. So yes. the col colouring and... Yeah, we did that together. We did, mm. I remember the first, yes, we, we went on a beach holiday down in Devon or somewhere. So we just spent the whole holiday painting colours and painting out designs and colourways and trying to put everything together. Yeah. So we started off originally with the, each one in an original colourway. And then we just did two or three other options. But he was always, you know, we did, we, we, we tried to make the original as close as it had been when it had been originally printed. Yeah. So the earliest design that you have is 1690. Yeah. And ha how do you, you age them through the, ha through the house? Yeah. How do you age a wallpaper? 
<laughs> no idea. Well, it's, it, it was a learning curve, actually. There was a, was a, um, the V&A has a wonderful collection, and at the time, there was she produced a book. She's um, Jean Hamilton, no relation, actually, but she then retired. But it, um, Robert did a huge amount of research. In fact, we've got lots of books um, here of historic wallpapers, French and European, one sort of another, English ones. and. Um, some very interesting books. In fact, it was rather bizarre. He was invited. Do you remember a pro TV program called the, the um, Big Breakfast? Yes, absolutely. Chris Evans, wasn't it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he was invited to go onto that because they were having a talk about weird societies. <laughs> 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 there were so many printers; it was extremely popular. You know, there were printers all over the place, but very seldom do you get to know who the printers were. And wallpaper from. For a hundred years, from about 1720, I think, if you can see it on yeah, here, yeah. was was taxed. So each sheet was stamped as a stamp. As a stamp. It was taxed. It was ta- very highly taxed from about 17. Because it was a luxury product. Because it was a luxury product, and because I think there were various rules over that time, and, it, and there were strange products were put together to to and taxed. Not just windows, but all kinds of things. Um, very seldom do you know who the makers were. Sadly. But we can tell from designs we've discovered over the years, like um, the uh, Chalton Vine sample, which was a user pin print. So that was, there's quite a few designs we've co- deci- discovered um, with a pin print. And so you've been working with historic houses. Um, so that's one, one part of the business. Um, places like Chalcot Park and Up Park House Park in Carson. Sussex. Yes, they were two very interesting jobs. We've done other, other little little uh, projects for the National Trust, but mainly for smaller museums. And what about um, Turner's Lodge? And Tell Turner's us the story about that. Yes, Turner's Lodge was being restored by this uh, rather <coughs> um, good firm of builders who were taking meticulous care about the house. Anyhow, they've beautifully restored it. It was his fishing lodge and um, at that time when that house was built, he had a view right down to the Thames. It's actually probably a quarter of a mile from the river, maybe a bit more, but all the surrounding buildings are later Victorian and so they've got rather interesting um, telescopes in the house so you can see what the what the view would have been when Turner lived there. Anyway, they, the builders were moving a door to his bedroom and it opened, it opened up a piece of the ceiling and little pieces of this and that, treasures came down, a little drawing of Father Christmas and a little child's drawing and a little pair of children's socks and this really tiny little piece of wallpaper, about half of an A5 size, which was very dirty, and <coughs> the only piece, because they looked and see if they could find anything else. And um, Robert was given this piece and said they asked him if he could reproduce it. So after quite a long time, he did, because there was, there was very little evidence. And we have a very high-res scanner here, which we used. And eventually, he found, you know, from looking through the dirt, he could see a tiny bit of, you know, sort of a buddleia type of plant. And then he, <coughs> so he then draws that and reimagines it. Yes. And they've got it. They've taken it. They've put it in the house, have they? Yes, we, we had it. We had it hand printed, and you know, he puts it all into repeat. It was two color, two color design on the colored ground, so we ne- it needed two blocks to print. 
And there it hangs. Yeah, I love it. Bedroom. So now you're producing more contemporary colours. So the designs are staying the same, but you're adding more contemporary Yes, we're just, just in the colours. process of, of doing that. So we're taking this, this Chinese design, which was uh, has hung in our living room in fragments for years. It was the last thing that Robert did, and he spent quite a lot of time redrawing all this. Um, obviously the digital process helps because we can't produce you know, things and it was hand painted and it's very difficult to produce this any other way. Um, so that's how it's printed. And so that's really become very popular. So I think there is, a, there is now, I, I think, um, whereas you know, when the turn of the century came, 2000, everything went quite bland and grey and calm and neutral. Now, I think in the rather complex era that we're living through, to put it mildly, um, the, uh, I think people are wanting more colour, more pattern, and responding well to that. And also are much more interested in the, in the history of, of wallpaper. Yeah. It's fascinating. historical design, isn't it? Mm. You know, you see, you see sort of chintzes and florally fabrics all sort of coming back. And what about, um, you work with people like Kit Kemp. How did how did um, you get to know Kit? She came with a, for instance, a piece of fabric and wanted it turned into a wallpaper and he, he, he would do that, you know, with close collaboration with them and sometimes, you know, she wanted to keep the, the evidence of the painting or the stitching and, uh, and sometimes, you know, little and so she's and so one of your designs is she's used at the Whitby in New York. Yes. Is that right? Whereabouts yes. do you know whereabouts in the hotel it is? I think it's in the in the in the corridors. And also in Hamyard. Do you know Hamyard, which is a lovely hotel in Gorgeous, yeah. um, Piccadilly. We did quite a lot there and we go up into on the on the corridors. And were they bespoke designs? Yes, just for her. This is a recent project for historic royal palaces and this little design was found in the doll's house. Oh wow. So quite often in doll's houses, actually, they use fragments from, from decorations up in the house. Yeah. And, um, so they had a, um, they did the initial drawing and then we readjusted it so that it was, um, came out in digital printing. It didn't look too formula formulaic on the background. So you can, you can do um, any sort of bespoke design. Who will be the, your artist now? You've got Ellie. Ellie, she's going yes. to be your yes your new Robert. Yeah, she is. Um, so when you do a run of um, wallpaper, for example, for a, the, a film, how mu you you literally just make enough rolls for that wall and that's they, it. They they tell us what they need. Yeah. 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 It's just unique to them, and we always agree that we you know we won't publicise what we've done until it's out there. And we did atonement. We've done a list, long list of films, actually. So I don't know whether you can see them because sometimes, you know, obviously, in a film, the actor is the important thing, so the yeah. author doesn't need to take over. So yeah. it's quite a sort of balance. It's literally part of the scenery. Yes. Mm. Oh, how nice! <coughs> That's really, really fascinating. And what about um, m moving forward? Do you have any sort of um, uh, other? Any houses that you particularly love to get your hands on, or people you'd love to work with? I think most of the sort of top, probably I don't know your hundred interior designers or whatever, probably know of us. But I think that because we're small and I can't, we can't necessarily run out and meet them all. Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're building on that that side of things, so that they know that we, you know, we're a bit. We'd like to feel we're a little bit unique in some respects. In 
especially in that we can do things for um, designers, especially for them, which mm. is yeah. Bespoke yeah, design, exactly. and and so and it's basically <coughs> the two of you at the at the end of the garden, like little flower fairies, <laughs> beavering away. <laughs> Georgina, thank you so much. It's absolutely fascinating. Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on iTunes or Entail, where you can also find images, links and notes to enhance each episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett. And keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast. Join me next week when I chat with Dominic Myland from Myland's Paint. Established in 1884, Myland's is Britain's oldest family-owned and run paint and polish manufacturer. He has some fantastic stories about making paint for Bond films and Harry Potter. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.